1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFN's Baseball Insiders Yankees podcast for Monday, June 7th. The Yankees finish off getting swept by the Boston Red Sox. First meeting of the year with the Red Sox. It's at Yankee Stadium over the weekend. Three straight losses. Four losses in a row overall. 10 out of 13. And this is on the heels of a six-game winning streak. So the Yankees are skidding back towards five they They've now played exactly 60 games, which is the same as last year. Last year, they were 33-27. and 27. This year they're 31 and 29, so two games worse than a year ago. If you combine them, they're 64 and 56. So in the last 120 games, and if you think about it in terms of a full regular season, it means they'd have to win 26 of their next 42, 26 and 16, in order to win 90 games in 162 games. Um, So that's what. Is ahead. That's a hot streak. That's you know that's possible. The Yankees basically did just that. Actually, better before this latest losing streak. So if you think about it in those terms, that's what you're talking about as far as what it takes to get back on track into uh, into a playoff contending type of team. But overall, these Yankees are uninspiring. They're not very fun to watch, and they're they've lost their biggest asset, which is their offense. Uh, That's what's caused this entire thing to look as bad as it does right now, because when you started the season, you weren't worried about the offense. In fact, let's go back there. Think about what the Yankees' problems were when the season started and what the Yankees' problems are now as they sit in the second week in June. All right, problems when the season started. Number one, health. We, we had no idea after the last couple of years, all the injury issues, how the Yankees were going to perform, especially offensively, was so much tied into Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Hicks, players with big injury history, right? It's a part of the big reason why Brett Gardner was brought back to be an extra outfielder and get some playing time to spell uh, guys like Hicks and Judge. When needed. Well, Aaron Judge has performed. Aaron Judge has had a couple of days off. They talk about leg issues. He's performed so well, they're playing him in center field, which is because Hicks got hurt. And this wasn't just a, an injury. It was a season-ender. Uh, this is surgery and a season-ending injury, which is a little bit different to deal with than, say, the the two-week, four-week, six-week injury that pops up when people pull muscles and get labeled as injury-prone, these are the things that nag the whole time. It's a lot different to cover a season-ending injury, which, as I've said many times now, puts center field as the top priority for me if I'm uh, assembling the New York Yankees at this point because you can't put Aaron Judge in bubble wrap every week or so and talk about protecting him and then play him in center field as you're basically your number 2 center fielder on the depth chart. It's Brett Gardner, Aaron Judge and Tyler Wade. That's the Major League center field depth chart right now. If that's what it looks like for a team that wants to go to the World Series, you have to make center field your top priority. Problem number two in spring training, starting pitching, you were relying on some unknowns with Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyone uh, and the depth that uh, you had there. It's still a problem because Kluber got hurt, out two months. Uh, Tyone still has not found it. Uh, Luis Severino is on his way back. But again, you know you're, you're cautious because you know what it's like to bring players back from injuries. Uh, you know, from Tommy John and how it's not always a straight lineup. He made his first rehab appearance yesterday, has looked good by all accounts so far. He might only be two or three more rehab appearances away from rejoining the Yankees. Uh, If that's the case, great. Um, But remember, you're still going to be very cautious in, in how you use him. And how you're trying to stretch him out through the rest of the season. But for the most part, starting starting pitching hasn't been a major problem. Uh, The Yankees have done pretty well with this. Garrett Cole is obviously Garrett Cole. uh, And the rest of the guys have done a pretty good representative job. Domingo Herman, Jordan Montgomery. uh, I think you like what they've given you. And overall, starting pitching is not a big issue. They've shut down uh, some pretty good teams. Uh, and it helped them win a very good series against the White Sox uh, just two weeks ago. They were coming off a three-game sweep of the White Sox. Still one of the best teams in the league and maybe the favorite to uh, to go to the World Series in the American League. So uh, uh, th- that was a very good team and good starting pitching helped shut them down. Uh, problem number three when the season began. Gary Sanchez. You know all the problems that he's had the last couple of years. You wanted to know what he was going to come out looking like. Um, he got a month before he basically lost his starting job, splitting time with Kyle Higashioka. It didn't take long. Now, it didn't take long because you had an option. You have a backup catcher, you have a guy that you like, especially defensively, and you had the ability to play him. You don't have that at every position, especially with a four-man bench. It's actually easiest to do with catcher because you've already built in a catcher who is going to play um, as opposed to somebody who's you know, maybe fourth uh, fourth on the bench or a fifth outfielder who doesn't get a lot of attention you have a, a backup catcher. You give him a little more playing time, it solves your immediate problem. It doesn't solve it totally because you're really not getting any offense from either player anymore over the course of the last month. Sanchez and Nagashioka both cold. You see little bursts from Sanchez, but really nothing consistent, and that's been uh, a big part of the problem here. Um, and if if there'd be a bigger focus on just Sanchez, if everybody else – was hitting uh, but he's just part of the overall problem, and the offense is obviously the big area of concern with Gary Sanchez and you haven't gotten it consistently um, and you don't usually get it from catching if you look around the league there are not a lot of catchers who are who are offensive forces right now. Uh, so, it's hard to replace that. It's hard to just go out and find somebody, especially when the rest of the offense is struggling. You're kind of clinging to the hope that Gary Sanchez has a hot streak in him. Even if it's, you know, it doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to turn into Johnny Bench. If he plays one really great month like we've seen him do in the past, that might be enough of a difference maker for this Yankees team. Because remember, this isn't, you're not committed to him long term, and I doubt you will be after this year. Um, but that's, that's a small part of the concern for Gary Sanchez. Probably Problem number four when the season started, Glaber Torres' defense. You could see it last year, in, um, and you could see it in the spring training. Um, it was going to be an issue, and you had options because of all the free agent shortstops. We've talked about this a lot uh, that are coming up at the end of this season. So you could think about that. Well, Torres went through a little bit of a bad streak, and it was a big part of the early part of the uh, storyline for the Yankees. And then he seemed to write things. Then he seemed to, to really start to um, – you know, find a groove defensively. And just like hitters have hot streaks, Cleber Torres a hot streak. And when that ended, it put a little bit more of a focus, uh, you know, recently on his defense again. But all of a sudden, it's, it's no longer the biggest issue for the Yankees. You know, uh, when the season started, one of the problems was okay. Can I go out and fix this? Can I can I move Gleber Torres back to second base, Lemayhu over to first? Can I find a better defensive shortstop and do something here, um, which would force you to do something to Luke Voigt, who's now injured? Um, it, it, that's that's the biggest uh, concern at this beginning of the season, but now it's still kind of a concern, but it's farther down my list of problems. I don't, you know, I don't need to fix that first. What you need to fix first is the offense. That is the biggest problem. Uh, Part of it is probably getting a center fielder, which would help your overall team defense because that's a a major issue, and in the outfield as well. When you're watching uh, some of the plays with Clint Frazier, even though he makes diving diving plays, he's still not a great defender. Uh, Miguel Andujar has uh, made some poor plays out there recently. You know he's just not an outfielder. Um, And it would be less of a problem if those guys were hitting, which again brings the focus back to offense. Um, If the Yankees were scoring six or seven runs a game, you might excuse a Miguel Andujar error uh, or a dropped pop-up that falls in. Saturday and Sunday, the Yankees had a couple of those that led to runs, and you know they're huge right now because of how much the offense is struggling. So that continues to be problem number one, which you never foresaw. Problem number one being the Yankees' offense was ne- has never, when was the last time you went into a year wondering if the Yankees were going to score enough, if they were going to hit enough, um, that you said, okay, their pitching is fine, but I'm worried that they're not going to score enough. I can't even remember the last time that was a concern for the New York Yankees. Um, meanwhile, starting pitching is still a bit of a concern and we've talked about that with the Kluber injury. You might get Severino back, uh, and you're still going to try to tap into the depth and find some consistency from guys like uh, Michael King, David Garcia, as they get called on, and hope they can be a part of this. But uh, I think you feel pretty good about Garrett Cole and Domingo Herman and Jordan Montgomery. And if Severino comes back and gives you something here... Um, that's then, then you kind of hold out hope and see if Corey Kluber can manage this pain and figure out something, uh, and get healthier as he goes over the course of these next couple of weeks. Uh, so as one of the problems was Gary Sanchez and his offense at the beginning of the year, your other, your major problem now offensively is DJ Lemayhu. Resigned him to a big deal in the offseason and still waiting for the results. Uh, and it's all very baffling. You know, Lemayhew became a quick fan favorite for just how he, his style of play and his ability to hit. Just hit, no matter what. Well, he's not hitting right now, at all. He's not really taking a brunt of the um, abuse from fans and media. Uh, I think everybody likes how he keeps going out there and just still believes that, you know, he's one hit away from turning this on and all of a sudden he becomes the machine. Well, you're... Two months in, and he is far, far below the type of hitter he was the last few years. He's not hitting the ball as hard. He's not getting as many extra base hits. He's not getting as many, you know, he's got a lot of balls that are dying in the outfield and on the warning track, and maybe that's an issue with the ball. Um, and that's something that, you know, you're going to have to figure out how to adjust to. But DJ LeMahieu is a very big part of this offense, and I've used this story before. When the Yankees used to Able to score runs back in the dynasty days for stretches of a time for stretches or periods of time they DJ uh Derek Jeter would take um he would take responsibility and say you know what I'm not getting on base enough if I was getting on base then we wouldn't be scoring we wouldn't have trouble scoring runs DJ LeMay is the top of the order and maybe that's something that has to change right now that he's been consistently batting at the top in this last homestand against Tampa Bay and Boston he went five for 30 all five hits were singles and, you know, everybody loves DJ LeMahieu, but he's hitting the ball on the ground. He's flying out to the warning track. He's not having any power whatsoever in his game right now, and it's hurting the Yankees' offense. Uh, he is—he isn't just slightly below his offensive standard from the last couple of years. He is miles below. And it's a big problem for the offense. Again, something you didn't foresee, something you have to figure out how to deal with right now, is taking him out of the leadoff spot and juggling this offense something that you could do. We'll see when the Yankees begin that series with the Twins on Tuesday. Uh, and another problem right now, uh, compared to the beginning of the year, it was Glaber Torres' defense at the beginning of the year. Now his offense is more the problem. Um, again, his defensive picture as a whole hasn't really changed. It's just dropped down the list of priorities because of the other issues here. And Torres' bat is an issue. He's had some starts and stops that weekend series against the White Sox. Wow. Eight RBIs, a walk-off hit, uh, looked like some of the power was back. He hit a home run this weekend against the the, uh, Red Sox. Uh, But overall, he's still missing the power as well. And I know he hit a big double you know the game tying double in the ninth inning on Sunday night. So you're seeing little little parts of it, but you're not seeing anything extended yet. And until these guys get the power back in their swing, and it's missing, and the numbers all back up, the DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres are whether it's the the you know the top of the baseball card statistics, the back of the baseball card statistics, or the deeper analytic numbers, everything tells you these two guys are just not hitting the ball as hard. Uh, and getting as so much power out of their swing as they have in years past. What are the, how many different factors are there? Yeah, there, there's several. But uh, it, it, also comes, it, it also is a reality that they're healthy. Okay? They're playing every day. If these two guys are healthy, they need to produce at a much better level Than they are right now. They're not that far removed from being really good players. I mean really good players. These are all-star and MVP level players. You put a lot of. You built a lot around these two guys. um, And you know. They they play shortstop and second base right. Uh, They're up the middle. Uh, They are your guys who play. More games than anybody else. And these two should be producing. So much more than they are right now. So that's a kind of how I see the problems from the beginning of the season to the problems now now that you're 60 games in and I, I don't know how you fix them yet uh, people want to fire this guy fire that guy the the players that are still here are mostly the ones that are going to be here and and I think you've seen that they're going out there and they're they're trying they're just not doing very well I don't know if I don't know I understand that's a that's a you know an easy thing to say here is something to give you that we can fix this or we're starting to fix this. or we're trying to fix this, but you know, if you fires, if you fire a hitting coach, DJ LeMahieu is still coming up to bat in the uh, first inning on Tuesday night. And I don't know if that makes a big difference given he's had, you know, a third of a season right now where nothing seems to be working for him. And I don't, I don't, you know, DJ LeMahieu trying to earn his money. I don't think he's waiting for a coach to fix it. Uh, that's probably the biggest, uh, biggest part of that for me. So we'll see what happens. The Yankees have an off day on Monday. Minnesota, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. The Twins are a last place team. The Yankees traditionally have, have handled the Twins pretty well. So it might look better for three days. But that's not going to be a, you know, a sign that everything is turned around for the better. They have a couple of games with the Phillies over the weekend. And then they play the Red Sox again uh, after that at Fenway Park. Uh, so uh, you know, or Toronto, and then they have the Red Sox again coming up in a little bit uh, after a series with Oakland and Kansas City. There's some there's some decent teams, you know. Uh, Toronto, we know how well they hit. Oakland's a first place team. Boston, we've just seen them. Those are all the teams coming up over the next few weeks here. Uh, so it's not going to be an easy run for the Yankees. Now they've gotten through this part of the schedule, but you know they've also wasted more opportunities at home. They went two and two against Tampa Bay, 0 three against the Red Sox. They're they're not hitting in their home ballpark. They're being out-homered in their home ballpark two months into the season. Uh, this is the New York Yankees, and I know they're right-handed, but you know, they're also facing a lot of left-handed pitching, and they're not doing to them what they normally do, what they're supposed to do, or what they did a couple of years ago. Uh, a right-handed lineup like the Yankees should still be mashing left-handed pitchers, and they're not doing that very well either. So um, it's hard to figure what is the, the fix for the Yankees. At this point, it's simply, hey, guys, start hitting and start playing better. The, uh, the pitching issues, the defensive issues, well, those are things, the base running issues, those are things that, you know, you'd, you'd kind of like more time to address. Um, and the, you know, trying to hit the ball, trying to score more <laughs> runs would, would buy you some more time to fix these things. But there are going to be moves made. I, I still believe that. Uh, and it's going to start with center field, maybe another move of the infield. They're, they can't ride this team and just hope it magically turns because you've seen a lot right now, and it's not going to magically turn. want to thank you for coming here and listening. Remember to hit subscribe and review, and you will get Ed Coleman's Mets reports, my Yankees reports delivered to you uh, twice a week in the baseball season. And uh, be listening on WFAN. And follow on Twitter at YankeesWFAN for everything for me Yankees related. Uh, and remember to check out the 30 with Murdy podcast. Got a good one coming up soon. Scott Bradley is the head baseball coach at Princeton, former major leaguer. Uh, Princeton has turned out some big league players, some big league general managers. And, um, you know, there's one of the reasons we talked to, uh, talk to Scott, and you'll hear the conversation, is about the kind of the, what you're seeing wrong with the major league game how it's trickling down to the high school and college level, and what are some of the possible solutions there. So check out that. That will be coming to you soon. Once again, thank you for listening to WFAN's Baseball Insiders Yankees Podcast. I'm Sweeney Murray.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.